Parks and Trails, Sewers and Roads, Fire Facilities, and Administration. All essential components that serve residents and businesses in the municipality, and all pieces of infrastructure that come with varying costs. How does the city offset these capital costs? If you're a rapidly growing place like Welland, then adjusting your development charges is the answer. Grant Monday, Director of Planning and Development Services, returns to the show to help us understand how Welland's development charges have changed and what this means for our future growth and projects. We've mentioned once or twice that Welland is growing, and today is no different. So sit back and find out. What's up, Welland? So we are joined today once again by Grant Monday, Director of Planning and Development Services. Grant, thanks again uh, for taking some time to join us. Thank you very much. Uh, so as mentioned in the intro today, we're talking development charges, which uh, many people may have heard the phrase, but um, may not fully understand what that means or why it matters, which is why we've brought Grant in today. Uh, so Grant, a couple of weeks ago, Council approved a report on the development charge background study and associated bylaws. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, under the uh, Development Charge Act, a municipality is entitled to pass a development charge bylaw, um, which helps, uh, which basically introduces uh, charges that you would pay at the time of building a new house or a new dwelling, could be apartment building, um, a new commercial development. And with that development comes cost to the city to um, manage that new development. There's the, the people that live in the house are now going to use city parks and city facilities are going to drive on the roads, use the water and sewer system. And development charges are a way that the municipality can help recoup those costs without having them on the burden of the existing taxpayers. So if I'm uh, a developer, I come to the city, I do all my applications, we're ready to go, um, you know, and I'm building, say, a residential area. The services and the infrastructure that you're talking about, the city, so uh, roads, sewers, it's the city who makes sure that's in place first, and then the development charges cover that cost? Um, it could be done both ways, uh, but basically, either before the development or after the development comes, the um, the city and or the developer could make these improvements. And if it, in the case of the city, they, we would collect the charges and we'd use the money for whatever improvements are needed, a new park or upgrading an existing park, expanding roads. Alternatively, a developer could decide to undertake that work and then apply for um, essentially a credit right. from those development charges that we collect. So there's, there's two routes that can, can take place. Most cases, we collect the charge and the city is doing the work, the, those improvements. Like I said, parks, libraries, transit up until the end of this year, fire protection, water and sewer roads are the sort of main areas that are covered. So Grant, if development charges help with capital costs and collecting these charges is going to um, basically fund future growth, Projects are a part of this. Are there projects right now that the development charges and especially now them being increased that uh, they're going to be funding? Is there anything especially exciting that you are looking forward to on the project front? Yes. Um, so there's a number of capital improvements that are identified. I'm not going to go into 
detail about all of them, but um, for example, um, there's $2 million that would be collected from development charges that would go towards different studies that help uh, manage growth, um, parks master plans, official plans, community improvement plans, all those items, asset management plans, all those items either receive all or a portion of their funding from the collected charges. Uh, there's approximately $46 million of parks improvements identified in the background study that goes with the development charge bylaw. And approximately 28 million of that would be collected from uh, new development to help cover those costs. The rest would come from other sources. Things include uh, 49 kilometers of new trails, uh, several parks and splash pads, a uh, new pedestrian bridge over the uh, canal in the uh, north of uh, Woodlawn Road, um, approximately 1.3 million of library improvements and expansion will be collected over the next uh, five, five years. 13.3 uh, million of 32 million in firefighting uh, improvements and expansions. Uh, you see those new fire halls being under construction in the city. Part of that's being funded from uh, development charges. Uh, 4.2 million of 3.2 million in upgrades to uh, public works facilities and uh, equipment, including a uh, public works uh, center expansion, a new salt and salt and sand shed. And uh, another example would be approximately 18.2 million be collected of a $42 million road upgrade uh, package that's included in the background study. So when you say that development charges help offset those costs that aren't put, uh, the burden's not on the taxpayer, those numbers are what you're talking about. That's right. right. Like the, all of that, like those million dollar numbers that you're referencing and all of the things that we'll get, we're getting because of development charges and not any other reason, correct? Well, to a degree. Uh, yeah, to agree. A percentage of it is comes from development charges. Depending on each, um, we, we, when we do the background study, we review to each capital improvement that's needed. We discern how much of that capital improvement is needed for new growth versus accommodating existing growth. Right. So Grant, um, I guess hearing that a charge gets collected, I would, I would think that a resident then assumes, well, that will go immediately to building a new park or that will go to funding a new swimming pool. But, and correct me if I'm wrong, a significant part of collecting development charges goes into the background studies and the research of how does Welland grow? How do we put money towards services, amenities, infrastructure. Is that right? Well, um, in part. The, <laughs> another, one of, another one of those yes and no. In, the, the, the studies in that that would determine in the future what the capital needs are, are funded from development charges. But the big ticket items of development charges generally fall within the uh, infrastructure improvements, parks improvements. The studies are actually a small part of the total eligible costs we call them but they are the studies are what drives the needs for the future so your transportation master plan parks master plan trails strategy all those official plans all help shape the future in terms of what we would need to charge for in the future um, and so it's a continual process the the development charges generally last five years the the bylaw and then you you review them and review all your studies, and then you come back and do it again every five years. And in the meantime, you're updating your background studies as well uh, during that five-year period. So you're continually 
updating what the capital needs are, what the growth forecast is, that changes over time as well. So it's a continual process. In areas that are experiencing significant growth, um, such as the Northwest area here in Welland, do it, are there any additional development charges that come into play or is everything just kind of, you know, kind of status quo across the board for everybody based on what category they might fall in, whether it's residential, commercial, industrial, et cetera? Well, with the Northwest area, um, we chose to go with a site-specific um, development charge. And the reason for that is the Northwest area, while it does have water and sewer and roads, there are significant upgrades needed to those facilities in order to accommodate the new growth. So rather than spread those costs across the whole city, we chose to have a separate charge for the Northwest area, um, which is in addition, in addition to the sort of standard charge that applies across the city. Um, what's going to happen there is currently the developers, our landowners are working together in that area to come up with a plan and an agreement whereby they will make the necessary upgrades in that area at their cost amongst themselves and shared, and that we would potentially eliminate this site-specific charge. But in the meantime, we, we have this in place, but it's intended that there'll be an agreement among property owners and developers in that area that we can eliminate that um, area-specific charge, and then they'll just pay the base charge. How, I mean, every municipality is going to have development charges, um, you know, incorporated into, into how they operate. How, how unique is, um, you know, our development charge structure compared to others? And I mean, you just mentioned the site specific development charge for, you know, one particular area. Is, is there a lot of kind of those, I'll call them outliers for lack of a better word, uh, or is, is it kind of similar across the region? Well, the, the parameters upon which you do the background study is laid out in the Development Charge Act, but the difference will be what the uh, growth forecast is for that specific municipality. Everyone has a different growth forecast, and the needs to accommodate that growth forecast will be different from municipality to municipality. So you can't expect that you'll see the same charge in each municipality. I think we're kind of middle of the road in terms of what the charge is in the region in compared to the GTA we're we're not even, we're not even close to what the charges are there. But like I said, it, you, everybody's going to end up with a different charge because it's a different, it's a, it's the same calculation, but different inputs going in because everybody has different needs. Is there anything, I mean, you, you live this and breathe it every day in your role. Uh, is there any major misconception about development charges that we can clear up for people or, or is there any constant theme that you've heard emerge during, you know, open houses, public consultation, those kinds of things when it comes to development charges that we're just getting wrong? I think, I think one of the big concerns from residents is always our, the taxpayers bearing the burden of new growth in terms of the costs. And in reality, the development charge is actually what is helping to, is reducing that burden on the taxpayers to basically only the portion of those costs that relate to existing growth, new, which, which in effect, new growth will pay for uh, uh, the needs uh, out of this. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions. 
And, and also when we, the other misconceptions, when we talk about an increase, uh, for a single detached dwelling, I think we're talking about $14. <laughs> and about point, and again, it works out to about point, uh, 0.017% is what actually they increased by. So less than a, less than 1%, the DZs have incre- increased, which is different than maybe other municipalities have experienced. But again, it's because of the, 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 the way the calculation set out and what the inputs were, that's what our charge ended up being compared to what it previously was. Grant, even just beyond misconceptions that people may have, with regards to development charges, you've covered a lot of ground with us. Is there anything else you could speak to for the just the average resident in Welland, the average listener right now, that what's the, I guess, that kernel of takeaway that they can walk away from this episode with, with regards to development charges? Again, I think um, the big takeaway is that the city is planning for and managing uh, future growth. And we, we are, these development charges will again, assist accommodating new growth, but it's also going to benefit existing residents because we're going to see all these major improvements in the city that will affect them on a day-to-day basis, like the parks, the roads, the water and sewer, the fire improvements. It will make for a better uh, city overall. So it's a good thing where we're at. Well, Grant, we have come to the end of the episode and having you on for a second time, we, I remember what your answer to pineapple on pizza is, but let's open the door. Would you revise it? No, I still, I still stick with, uh, Party pineapple. All right. Grant, you are still the you are still the sole party pineapple answer. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming back and specifically focusing on development charges with us today. And uh, we look forward to seeing how these are going to keep funding what Welland's becoming. So we're at that point of the episode where uh, we bridge the gap on our conversation with Grant Monday. Uh, and, and basically, I mean, he said it a couple times and we had him clear it up in any misconceptions uh, that he hears on a regular basis. And that's that new growth pays for existing growth. And at the end of the day, development charges are in place uh, to manage that and to plan for that new growth. Uh, and what comes from them benefits the entire community not just that new particular development. And I think he kind of, I think we can sum up our conversation with grants, um, you know, in, in a nutshell by saying that there's a lot to development charges and the study that was done and everything that goes into it. Um, but, you know, at the high level, 30,000 foot view, new growth pays for existing growth. So, on that note, we are done learning about development charges for today, but development charges will continue. So if you've got questions, look us up on engagewelland.ca slash podcast. Please make suggestions for future episodes. Check out Grant's first episode with us. Be sure to listen to this one. And until next time, that's it for today. 